Once he goes back to the context, he's lamenting that the Jews that he's come to, that the vision of him, the understanding of him that they got, is just so incredibly flawed. And he uh, actually compares them unfavorably to the people of Nineveh, which is a big slam of them, because you know, it's very Jews favorably to the Gentiles, who they you know, despise. Uh, and saying that, you know, those, those Gentiles saw something that you guys did not listen. And so, he's saying that their eyes, by which they see him, are faulty, they're not looking right. They're not really seeing him for who he is. And therefore, they are rejecting him. How many taking this? The eyes by which you see Jesus. Uh, something that, that Paul and Ephesians 1 called the eyes of your heart. The eyes of our heart are important. They matter. They matter because how we know Jesus is going to change how we respond to Jesus. Our idea of who Jesus is is going to change how we live with him. The correct perception of him will fill our whole lives with internal views and which we don't even understand and make sense and what is going on around us because the light of Jesus is shining into our lives. Now, I'm just going to take a little bit of a detour here. I, I want you to think for a second um, of Jesus. Remember um, Janice, when she was here, she talked about, you know, she tells about Apple. And think of the Apple. What is it? Not Apple is right in the mind. So I want you to do that. I want you to, in your mind's eye, picture Jesus. Um, and maybe see what Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just describe how you see Jesus in your mind's eye. What does he look like to you? Um, how do you? How do you picture him? Okay, just do that just for a minute.
teaching, she's a teacher and talking here. And she's when she came to Jesus, he's worried Jesus, you know, the, the Jesus kind of way road to heaven. And then I see the opposite, the, not the opposite, the complementary, the Jesus on earth, the dirty road, the dusty hands and everything. I see some other people that seem to like us. Isn't it interesting how we, we're both seeing Jesus, but we're seeing different aspects of him? One is kind of a regular one, and both are like, complementary, both fit together. You put it together, you have more accurate view than totally either separately. I just think that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to just, um, when I show some more pictures up here, in uh, general clubs, one of the exercises we did in the conference was they just went to the internet and I just kind of randomly grabbed all these different pictures of Jesus that, that people have, um, have made. Some of them are from, are really old, some of them are really new, and uh, some of them are from different cultures. So I just want you to take note of the differences in these pictures. And this is that uh, this is the Jesus of my childhood day. The Sunday school Jesus. And this one is definitely not the Jesus of my childhood. Is that an interesting picture? And this one, I believe, is one of the old ones. The, the third family is so, um, so prominent on it. And then this one, a completely different type of family. Thank you. 
think that with all that the inquiry of the system describes his characteristics, and no matter how much you try to do that, I think that the Jesus that we come up with at the end of the exercise is still going to be too small for who he really is. I think that the real Jesus is far bigger than we understand. And far bigger than we can get to the exercise of our bodies and our intellects. And at the same time, although I do believe that our ideas of Jesus are going to continue on the truth, there's also going to be some things in there that are just not right. I think once again we can impose on Jesus what we value, what's important to us, without really reflecting on whether or not that's necessarily good. Whether that's necessarily Jesus as he represented himself. And I, I think that is one of the problems. Talking to some of my friends about uh, um, who Jesus is, who are not Christians. And, you know, they're, they, they do, they admit to what a lot of us do that we don't even realize. And in the reading of the Bible, you tell them about Jesus, and they'll say, you know what, I really like this part of Jesus. And I just don't like this part. You know, so you don't like that. And so I'm going to let my Jesus be this guy. Maybe that's the Jesus who's really ethical, you know, and, and treats the marginalized and the poor really well. I like that Jesus. I can, you know, I can go with that. I don't hold on to that Jesus. The Jesus who, you know, challenged people in their, maybe in their hypocrisy, who challenged people in their sin and the way they're, um, the way they're living. You know, that Jesus is just a bit too much. I don't want to. It's just going to go like that. I don't want that. Can we run that risk? I think that's a really easy thing to do. Where this becomes so important is when we seek to live for Him. Because we live for Him when we live like Him. But we're only going to know how to live like them when we know when we live like them. In Philippians 2.5, I know what Paul says. This is really an amazing um, section on the humility of Jesus, the servant of Jesus. He begins it by saying, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Then he talks about Jesus' attitude. And in uh, 1 John 2, 6, John writes, So we're claiming to live in Him, we're talking about walk as Jesus did. So we can't walk as Jesus walked in the attitude that Jesus had, unless we have an idea of what that is. Unless we know what his attitude is, unless we know how he lived and how he reacted to, to people and responded in the situations, and how he treated people, and all those different things. So we're called to walk as Jesus walks, and the attitude of the one who displayed. And this is what spills out of us when we know him. And in uh, 1 John 4 7, it says, Everyone who loves and is born of God and knows God, and, and um, 
First John 5, 3, he said, this is love for God to obey his commands. And so it is in our love for God, which comes from knowing God, that what we do becomes of us. And so what we do is the evidence is the proof of how long we know Jesus. And that's not, I don't believe that this is given in scriptures Walk in the 
by His Spirit as we walk in obedience, that He's going to be doing work in us to transform us. He's going to be doing work to open the eyes of our hearts to be able to see Him more clearly than we did before. And as we more and more pattern our life after Jesus, we're going to be given a root to tear down the false images that we have of Him. Because in, in the, the day-to-day living of real life, those things that hold on to that aren't true, they get exposed. So in these relationships, those things we're holding on to that are not true, they get exposed. It's, it gives Jesus an opportunity to tear them down in our lives. And to replace them with something that is true and powerful and a better representation of who he is and what is And of course, being imperfect beings, our image of being something imperfect. At least on this side of heaven. But we are going to be opening ourselves up for him to do work and to clarify the image of him. To make it a better representation. The second way that our idea of who Jesus is is transformed as you worship. And in worship, uh, you know, we're doing more than saying things of Jesus. We're doing more than just proclaiming the truth. And, and that will have an impact on, on how we think. But we are also, um, we're also offering ourselves to Him as a sacrifice, living sacrifices for His wounds. And as living sacrifices, we're saying to Jesus that we are yours to change us and to use us. And so in worship, as we offer ourselves to Him, He will, and He's going to take us seriously now. He's say, if you come to me wanting to change, I am going to change you. I'll do that. I'll do what you ask me to do. And so, we will find that in worship, the first John five six says this and what sorry and it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is true and in worship the spirit will testify to our own spirits to our hearts about the truth of who Jesus really is and that testimony is going to change us so you have. Hopefully, you've held up those images of Jesus that we have brought, uh, brought to mind earlier. I just invite you to have confidence in Jesus. And we're going to continue to worship through, uh, through song um, and also through communion. And these are times, this, this is the time to bring to Jesus, the image of Jesus that we're holding on to. And to say, This is yours. I, I want to know you.
So even in this part, it's never just this word, it's always. And just before we come to worship, let's pray together and just offer ourselves to Jesus. To Jesus, we bring to you our understanding of you. We bring to you everything, all our ideas that we can work with And Jesus, For the glory of your name, Jesus.